0: Don't get too comfortable. Welcome back to the Elevate Polk podcast. I'm your host, Chris Anne Long, and with me today, again, my co-pilot and my friend, Nate the Great Kendrick.
1: Hey, guys. Really excited to be here. Really excited about our guest today.
0: Please introduce him. This was your idea, yes. although I was definitely not too far behind. I was just like, you know, you were like, we need to get Root.
2: Oh, I just spilled the booze.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Nate. Yeah. So our guest today is Root Patel. Root, happy you're here, man.
2: Well, I'm very glad to be here. Thank you very much, Chrisanne and Nate, for having me as a guest
1: here. Yeah, I, I just want to preface it and say I know that Chrisanne and, and Root go go back a ways, but I, I originally met Root at Catapult through David Young. We uh, I think it was maybe like two or three months ago, we were uh, consistently coming up to Catapult at about 4.15, 5-ish, and Root would be in there as well.
0: That's in the morning, right? In the morning, okay. yeah, yeah,
1: in the morning. Clarification. So, so we were the early risers and I I got to meet Root, and uh, I just love his mentality. I love his mindset. I love the way that he approaches things, and I thought it would be really cool to bring him in and hear his hear his full story
0: right and the title of the episode is don't get too comfortable um, and I think there's a lot of valuable lessons in the journey that you're on route um, but I want to start you know I, I toyed around with titles like coming to America and the American Dream right you know just thinking about your story of immigration and becoming um, a soon-to-be American citizen and that process for you but let's start with like your home story like your your before you came to the US what was your childhood like you know give us some of that that really cool stuff that nobody knows I want (laughs) you've been on several podcasts before
2: so you got a dish on things that you've never shared before absolutely thank you um so I grew up in India I was born in India grew up in India and I moved to America when I turned 19 uh but life was pretty different there it was not it was completely different there um um I um I was the only kid and so I kind of got to um see the world very differently than other people around me, because in India, almost everybody have siblings. Mm-hmm. And uh, only few people don't, like, they are the only kids. So I was the only child. And growing up in India, I wasn't very smart at going to school. And uh, always loved technology, loved how things work, loved to open things up, trying to see how it works. Um, That's
0: why you and Nate are such good friends.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I... I That's what I did, and that was my life. Um, I wanted to become an engineer because everybody else, my friends, everyone was engineers, so um, I went to engineering school for a year. I did terrible. I failed every subject for three semesters.
0: That doesn't sound like something that... Uh, th- you would say I can't see you failing
2: at anything <laughs> but it, it, wh- why would you say that you failed at it what was the what were the challenges because there was no challenge I wasn't just one want- I just didn't want it to do it that uh, was the problem okay. and I never focused on school when I was I had seven percent attendance in college and um, they called my parents and they made a big deal about it they're like we'll rusticate you and uh, you cannot come to college anymore because your attendance is only seven percent what were you doing in instead of going to school? I was uh, <laughs> hanging out with people. I okay. was riding motorcycle, you know, doing the <laughs> kid stuff that they do in college. But at the same time, I was learning. Um, I love technology since I was a kid. So I was learning how robots are made and how do I make robots. And um, i always been fascinated with things that flew. So I would pick airplane over any toy when i was a kid so always um learning about airplanes how their airfoil works and how their engine works stuff like that just completely not related to my study mm-hmm. and that's what i was doing while i was in college
0: okay so clarify something for me you're saying college college like university
2: here is is that where, where you were doing all of this no in india i went to india in mechanical engineering college for about a year and how a year old and how old are you when you were in
0: college in india 18. Okay. So this is the the upper the the furthering your education. Yes. Okay. Correct. So so when you were little little like grade school kind of things, you were already into
2: airplanes and things that flew. Yes. I loved it. I loved it. Um I've been not only airplane, just technology in general, just technology in general. I wanted to see how computer works. We didn't have any computer in our school, uh, in elementary school I went to. So our teacher used to draw the entire computer window on a chalkboard and mm. explain this is a close button, this is a start oh, wow. menu. So I remembered, I have a really good memory. I remember things since I was a kid. So I remember when I got to use computer for the first time when I was like in 12th grade, yeah, that's when I am okay. started to use it, and it was amazing. So it was kind of different there. We didn't have a lot of resources, so we had to figure out how to uh, make your own resources, and I think that helped me a lot. Not having resources always mm. forced me to think outside the box. So yeah. I'm very grateful for we didn't have a lot of resources. Wow, so that made you more resourceful, like yes. trying to find
0: the solutions. Um, I wanted to ask that the question of, like, where – your parents were along this process of you not wanting to be what they wanted you to be <laughs> how did that how did that go over oh. your your 7%
2: attendance i mean did they yes but did, no my parents they they thought i'm going to be failure they mm. still think that sometimes, but they <laughs> they thought I'm going to be complete failure. I'm not very good at studying. Um I was terrible. My handwritings were terrible. No I couldn't read what I wrote. And it was a big deal for my parents and I wasn't very good at studying. I didn't focus on studying on purpose. Um and um they didn't understand that and uh, so it wasn't very good, but they my mom has always been supportive of me. Like even though she was not happy what I was doing, she always supported me. Hmm. She was like, Okay, go ahead. And my dad was in the same way, even though he wasn't happy, he always supported me.
1: That's awesome, dude. How I don't want to jump too far ahead, but when you, you know, you were you guys came to America, and you're you're how old were you again when you came to America? I was 19. So you're 19, so it was a it, so you're in that transition phase, 18, not really liking college or, or what yes. you were necessarily studying and then you come to America and you so so what does that look like when you when you're first coming to America
2: sure I came to America in April 7th 2015 and that day my life changed when I was before I came to America we waited 18 years to come to America to get the whole visa approval and all that whenever I got uh when I actually landed in America I thought this is this day everything changes here Mm. i'm starting a new life here and this is a land of opportunity so i had that excitement and but i didn't knew english that time i didn't knew anyone in america didn't knew english didn't had money but uh, i just had that excitement i i had that feeling that when i first landed i smell outside the plane and i'm like oh this feels very good and i'm gonna do very good here Mm. so backing up real quick i want to talk about you just said your family waited 18 years
0: to get the visa to come to the United States. Yes. So you, you were barely born or you were one year old and they started working on getting you to the United States. Yes. Wow. How does, how does it feel growing up in a country knowing that what you really want to do is be in another country. I mean, how does that, How what's the, what's the dynamic of that? Does that, does that change life? I mean, do you, do you talk about it on the, on a daily basis? Like the progress of, you know, what, what the, what the visa process is or where we are. You grew up knowing that eventually your parents were going to take you to the
2: United States. I, um, actually my uncle who came to America 20 years ago, uh, 26 years ago now, but, um, um, uh, he came to America when I turned two and, and he applied for his whole family to come to America. So I was kid. I didn't knew what is America. And, you know, that right. time my life was playing cricket outside and riding bicycle. That was it. That was <laughs> nothing outside of it. So I, I didn't even knew what was America when I was a kid. But I knew my uncle flew in from America. So I knew there was some kind of thing like America. But as I grew older, uh, my parents were telling me, like, okay, we uh, we just waiting on visa. And we kept waiting, waiting and uh,
0: and then it finally came.
2: Finally came. And then what's the process?
0: Like, okay, we have the visa. Did you sell the house? Did you? You did you just pack and leave
2: everything? I mean, what what was the next step? That was basically it. Um, I was in college and I, I dropped out immediately. They were about to. They they. They'll, the college already told me that we don't need you anymore, but I was just staying in the city, <laughs> hanging out with know. the friends, and uh, that's what I was just doing. So I'm like, okay, so I came home, and uh, we just started, booked a ticket. We I got visa in January, and we came here in April. So mm-hmm. we had like two, uh, three, four months to prepare. So we did started packing. We started um, buying all the things we think we might need in America. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what we we're going to need, but uh, right. just and that, clothes and all. And
0: you're in Lakeland now. Was, was Is Lakeland the first place you landed when you came to the United States?
2: Yes. Yeah, so we landed in Tampa Airport, but my uncle lived here in Lakeland. So he, um, we came to his house. We stayed there for a few months trying to figure stuff out and all. Yeah. So Lakeland was the first place that I saw.
1: So So you're in Lakeland. What's what's your what's your next step? Like your your as 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 Christine always says, your next your first, first next. next step. There yeah, first
2: go. most important next step. <laughs> so after I came to Lakeland, I wanted to start a job, and my my uncle he told me you need to uh, start working, and uh, it will be a lot good for you if you start making money right now. So I'm like, okay, so. I started week in the first week and he helped me find that Dairy Queen job. Uh, my first job was at Dairy Queen selling ice cream in Bartow. Um, so he took me there uh, one night and he was like, oh, we um, and he helped me get that job. He knew the owner and uh, they were like, OK, you can come here from tomorrow, but you have to work very hard. And um, uh, yeah, you so I was very happy that I had a job. So first week I, I started a job and I. Um, I just go job and go to the job and not not knowing a word of English. Yeah, and I was, was gonna ask,
0: how do you start working <laughs> yeah, yeah, at Dairy Queen yeah, yeah.
2: and don't speak English? Do you under, did you understand English at all? I, I mean... had to ask a couple times, like, what are you saying? Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. but I was listening to a lot of music and reading lyrics at the same time, so I knew what was like a little bit, but I couldn't talk to anybody because mm-hmm. I didn't knew how to say stuff and. And I was very um, shy to speak in English because I thought people might judge me. But I mm. later I realized people in America are not like that. They're always wanting to help you if you don't know the language.
1: H- yeah. How, how was that? I mean, like you're. I mean, you're, you're truly just like Im- immersing yourself from like being in India, not knowing English at all to just being immersed in a dairy Queen. <laughs> how was that like when were were you making ice cream and were you serving customers how no, was that when they... I
2: wasn't I wasn't allowed to uh, uh, serve okay. customer because I didn't know how to speak English but mm-hmm. what I was doing was cleaning and making ice cream in the back and uh cleaning the bathroom just cleaning the uh, parking lot and just basic other stuff that involve other than selling it to the customer
1: got it got it
2: so but I learned that and uh, I changed that I learned enough first I learned how to talk to my clients in um in Dairy Queen so I I see my coworker, what word they use, and sometimes I write it down, what they use and how they, what's the first word come out of their mouth. So I started repeating themselves. I started copying them. Mm-hmm. Mm. And as I start kept doing and doing, I started taking customer first in a drive through so they don't see me. Mm-hmm. And if, even if I mess up, other people are wearing the headset. They can fix it. Okay. So I started doing that, but um, I just told my, my boss that I want to start taking customer. And my first boss uh, um, who ran Dairy Queen, pile, she was amazing. And she's the one who taught me all the English because she forced me. She was like, even though we both speak the same language, she told me, I'm not going to speak to you in Gujarati or Hindi or any other language. I'm going to talk to you only in English. So you have to learn. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the best thing that could happen to me. Yeah, mm. I
0: have a similar story in Spanish. Um, so I have. I'm fascinated with immigration stories. You know, I just my mom came from Cuba when she was 14. Um, so I've all my life been you know raised with her stories of, of different things that happened along the way and 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 how they got to the United States. Um, but because I am Cuban, I also... um Had to commit to learning Spanish because it was not. I was, uh, my dad's American and my mom's Cuban. And Mm -hmm. so I had enough of a background with my family to be able to know words, but never really felt comfortable or confident in Mm -hmm. speaking in front of people. Yeah. I couldn't speak to my mom in Spanish because she was always correcting me. Um, So I was in college. I met my dear, dear, dear friend, Ximena. And Ximena and I were in the same class together. I missed a class. So I asked her if I could get the notes from the class before. And in order to do so, we had to go to her apartment to get them. Well, that started our friendship because we were walking to her apartment and having this conversation. And so we, we became study buddies. We had a book. We were sharing. My mom had written something about in Spanish to me and she was reading it. She's like, why is your mom writing to you in Spanish? Because everybody who knows me does not look at me and think that I'm Cuban. Mm-hmm. Um, and I explained it to her and she goes, oh, from that moment on, I'm not speaking to you in any English. Everything we said from that point on, our friendship was Spanish. Mm. So I have this one friend who my mm. relationship with her is 100% Spanish wow. and it's the greatest thing. It was the greatest thing for me to be able yeah. to speak fluently yeah. because she and she never broke the rules like mm. she never stopped. You know, <laughs> she never, awesome. yeah. Even even this funny story, I was in Costa Rica with she's from Costa Rica and I was in Costa Rica and I was um, meeting all of her friends, all of her Costa Rican friends in, in their country. And um, I couldn't I would her boyfriend at the time. Um, was asking me like where are you from? And, you know, I'm having this conversation in Spanish and they he was saying, Oh yeah and Jimena tells me that you you live in a lot of naranjales and I didn't know the word naranjal. Well, naranja is orange. I should have been able to make the the connection. It was orange grove. But so, but I'm looking like a complete idiot with these people mm-hmm. that I've just met, trying to make sense of what language it is. And then I feel like a really dumb dumb because mm-hmm. naranjal should be an easy word. So, like, I can relate to that, like discomfort, that insecurity, mm-hmm. that worry of having a conversation yeah. and making a mistake. So I, I'm listening to you, thinking, God, yeah I, yeah, I can totally relate. But you're so strong now. Like, yeah. five years is nothing,
2: and you've you've mastered the yeah. language. Seriously. Thank you. So first when I was uh, me and my parents were new in America it was um, very hard for us to like we all of us didn't know English. So we didn't even we couldn't even go to a restaurant and order food cuz we didn't know how to order. Like it, we were so afraid and it was a very uncomfortable thing. But uh and I, but I'm glad I got to learn English. Yeah,
1: I love you. I love that you're sharing that. You're, you're so, that's why I wanted to bring him on the podcast is <laughs> so open mm-hmm. and so real, like to, 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 to say that you guys were afraid and that I think that needs to be talked about more and and uh, create an environment where people can cannot be fearful and say, yeah. like you said, you didn't know until you started coming to America and you were actually immersed in the environment. There's people that are willing to help. Yes, and absolutely to to be there on my side. Yes.
2: Even though I didn't know how to order food, I I even though I worked at Dairy Queen, I started taking orders and all that. I was so still afraid to like go out and order on my own cuz I didn't know what to. So one time I wrote it down what I wanted mm-hmm. and um I'm like I'm good just going to go ahead and show it to the to the lady taking order. And but I'm like, "You know what? I should try it." I should try, and I start I give my first order, and <laughs> it was good,
0: and you made you got the food that you ordered,
2: and <laughs> absolutely, I think, yeah. yeah,
0: I think that's the other thing too, getting over fear is like what's the worst thing that can happen. You know, I'm ordering food. What's the worst thing that can happen? I get the wrong order. Mm. I have to eat something that I don't like, yes. you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's my mistake, obviously, or if, if my communication, you know, we have to do those yeah. things to exercise the muscle, which I think it sounds like you jumped right in with two feet. You mm-hmm. know, I'm going to get a job. I don't speak any of the language. You yeah. had somebody who was your mentor that could help you and, and kind of pre- prevent anything bad from happening, yes. right?
2: I mean, um. I had a lot of uncomfortable situations that uh, stopped me from learning English at that time. But, like, first thing, I come to America, and uh, in India, we eat with our hands, okay? Mm -hmm. We were very rich. And we didn't, like, we sit on the ground, and our whole family sits together, and we eat with our hand. That's how we do it, traditional way. When I came to America, I didn't know how to eat with fork and knife. Mm. And my mm. boss at that time, uh, the lady who owned Dairy Queen, she took us all out for breakfast at some breakfast place in Bartow. And first of all, I didn't know what to order because I didn't know what the things are on the menu. So mm-hmm. I had to ask her. And when it arrived, she was she ordered, basically order for me and i never had a pancake before so <laughs> i'm like how do i eat it <laughs> so she taught me but people were willing to help me so you mm. i mean but it, it was a comp- it was it, it was a huge culture shock it was completely different life i lived and it was completely different but i'm glad i was in so many uncomfortable situations i got so comfortable being uncomfortable now yeah I,
1: I appreciate that because You know, from from, you know, my perspective, I don't even think about stuff like that because we're just so used to that. We're used to pancakes. We're used to eating with with forks and knives. But I appreciate that perspective and you shining a light to that, because a lot of times we forget how big of a world that we actually live in. And we are so focused in our small bubble that we don't realize that there's other people that live differently (laughs) than us. And that's fine. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's completely fine. So.
0: So. All right. So first job, Dairy Queen major lessons of kind of the new culture that you're now living in you're immersing yourself in the united states culture um people are helpful people are kind all right um and then what happens after that job what was the next job or what was the next step
2: sure uh so after while i was working at dairy queen i also started working uh at mcdonald's and i also started taking classes at polk state uh so i was doing two jobs and um uh classes at Polk State about ESL English as a second language Mm -hmm. and I did only month for that uh for Polk State because I wanted to make money and I I needed money because I was very brand new in America I needed money to do anything so I just started working two jobs so I would open McDonald's first and uh then after that right after that go to Dairy Queen straight and close that store and come home at night and um so I was doing that, but I wasn't very happy with McDonald's at that time. So I started working in a pharmacy company, McKesson Pharmacy Warehouse. Um, oh, McKesson, yeah, yeah. Yes, on Kathleen. Yeah. yeah. So I was working there as a in a warehouse. Uh, we pick up the medicine and put in a box, put on a conveyor belt, just do the whole thing whole night, and it mm-hmm. was a night shift. So I would open Dairy Queen and um, finishing that job, I would go to the pharmacy job and then come home and repeat the same thing over and over I did that for two years okay so two years
0: two part-time jobs or basically two full-time, two full-time job. jobs yep. well wow. um and you're you don't have any time to network build friendships I mean I'm assuming it was just work 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 it was just not work. a
2: lot of fun time downtime no, absolutely not I had a I was sleeping like five hours, five, six hours or seven hours if I'm lucky sometime. But I didn't have enough time to sleep. But um, and so I didn't have any chance to network with anyone. But what happened, what changed me one time I was driving back from uh, from that job. But, you know, while I was while I was working those jobs, I was still finding a time to study and try to understand language and trying to just I was just fascinated by technology. So I was looking for time to study about technology study about what's going on and I always knew that I would be doing something big that's I had no doubt about that even though I was working at Dairy Queen and pharmacy job I had no no doubt in my heart that I'm going to be keep doing this cuz there is no way I came to America just to do this right. so mm. so one night I'm driving home it's like 3:30 in the morning driving home I'm super tired ready to like go home and sleep. but I hear I was listening to podcast that time and it was in English and I hear the story of Captain Cortez and uh, so the story goes um, uh, Captain Cortez wanted to conquer Spain. Uh, or Aztec, I i don't remember exactly how the story goes, but he went there with only a few men and basically when they arrived he burned all the ships and mm. he told his men, if we going back home, we going back in their ships not our. Mm. so no plan B so that time I knew what I wanted to do and before I came to America there was also one thing I I did that I didn't tell you before I was selected in India's top 40 for. I, I made a drone that time mm. and um I just collected parts over the year uh, order some parts with help of neighbor and my uncle and all that they sent some part from America together I made the drone and I presented in the science fair it was amazing so I always had interest in technology so when I came here I, I was studying for that I was uh, learning about that on the internet and also in India we didn't had internet I mean we, uh, we did but not where I lived so I never got to use internet until I was in like 11th grade and I barely use it so I had a full access to the internet when i came to america so i was just like studying a sponge yeah i was a sponge (laughs) just (laughs) just understanding everything about technology as much as i can so after i hear that story it kicked um i got an idea i'm like I need to burn my ships. Mm. So I told my told my boss next day that uh, I want to stop my business. I appreciate you teaching everything. I'll give you a month, and I'll work for a month. I'll hope you find someone else. I will train that person, and I will take off. I did that in a month, and um, I started my job uh, same day I quit my job. I mean, I left my job. You started it, your business. No. No, st- a new job. No, no, no. I started the Dairy Queen job on like 10th April. Okay. And I... stop after exactly after two years oh, on 10th okay. april so it. It, f- it felt very good i'm like okay two years exactly two years wow. now i can do on my own i had enough money saved up to start a business while working those two jobs mm-hmm. and because uh, i didn't have any expenses i didn't buy clothes or expensive shoes or anything like that at that time not like you do now <laughs> yeah
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's 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 uh he's dressed in he's a fresh the fashion suit, by the way.
2: buff right now at <laughs> yeah. uh, that time i was just uh, saving all that money so i started uh i started uh doing research i'm like okay i can start i can take pictures with the drone so i had ten thousand dollars saved up uh we purchased i purchased a drone for five thousand dollars and another five thousand to play around and uh, that's how i started my business wow oh man well wow. i just love it you burned the ships
0: You walked away, you started a business, no plan B. No plan B. And you're now, I'm going to say, three years into being an entrepreneur. Correct. And you're just taken off. Like, you're you're the airplane. You're flying. I love it. I'm very grateful for it. So, all right. I have a couple of technical questions. So I want to just, I want to understand the process of starting a business. Um, you're currently not a citizen of the United States. So were there any barriers? Were there any challenges? Was it a simple, like, okay, I'm just going to start my business, started my business and, and, and boom, we're done. Did you, what was the process? I mean,
2: yeah. So, um, I didn't have any problem being an immigrant, starting a business. That was no problem. I didn't. That was not even a doubt in my mind. Like, okay. uh, a lot of times what happens, people tell us what you can do, what you cannot do. I'm glad no one was there to tell me what I cannot do. So yeah. there was no doubt that I was going to be starting a business in America. So as soon as I quit my job, I start making a list. Every morning I wake up and I make a list of a, of a city. And uh, at that time, I didn't have a business card or anything. So I would take pictures with the drone and uh, print that on a very very high-quality paper from Staples and uh, take those pictures. And I make a list of all the construction company. Uh, So, for example, one day I make in Tampa. Next day, Sarasota Orlando. I'll make 30. And I just go knock on their doors. Every morning I get up, they're, if they're expecting me or not expecting me, none of them were expecting me. I just showed up there and just start knocking on the doors, big buildings. And a lot of time they told me to get out. A lot of time they they were surprised that I even showed up there. And a lot of time they didn't care. So, But um, that's was the process I started getting into. This I'm showing up like, okay, this is what I can do for you. Mm-hmm. This is what I can do for I think you.
0: think this is the time for you to talk, tell the shoe story. Yes. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh.
2: So I tried this many times. So I wanted to. So this is like much after in my career uh, when I started this. So after I started the business, I started getting jobs because I was knocking a lot of doors, uh, meeting a lot of people. And before I even start knocking on a door, I did something very good that changed everything. Everything uh, what I'm doing right now, if that didn't happen I wouldn't have anything that I have. And it is showing up to the LBL event for Uh. the first time. (laughs) For the first time. That time I would just quit my job and I was uh, just looking on Facebook for the events, trying to meet people, trying to be uncomfortable, put myself in uncomfortable situations. So I saw uh, LBL events. I'm like, what is that? Lakeland business leaders? I want to start a business. Let me go. And I show up there and the first thing I met you and Sarah and you introduced me to Everyone, and you just added me to your LBL family, and it was amazing. So that was a process.
0: And the way you showed up was in this true root fashion, right? Like all in, I want to know, I want to learn. I want to be a part of this, this, where am I? And what you tell me, tell me about this organization. And I remember you pulled me aside. you are like, tell me more, tell me what, what this group is and what do you do? And, and I I, I immediately, we were having a conversation about young professionals inside of the conversation. I'm like, well, you just need to connect with this person. (laughs) And immediately you now have these young friends that you're having this conversation with. And you just kept showing up. I mean, if there was any piece of advice that I've given over the course of my career it is that and then you just show up and illustrate it right back for me you know you're like a mirror and I thought oh this is great and I'll, I'll be honest a lot of people come and they say oh this is great there's a lot of energy there's a lot of excitement they have great plans to be a part of the community and then you never see them again mm-hmm. but that wasn't the case with you you showed up and you're like when's the next event and there you were, and then you were there again, and then you were there again. Because I had again.
2: no plan B. Either <laughs> this or go home or do something else, go back to Dairy Queen, which I did not want it to do. Yeah. So so story off a of shoe. So I, I uh, this is a, uh, I already have my business set up. I'm already doing the work with big companies. Uh, uh, before I had a business where I was just only taking pictures, but then I established a company uh, through networking. I met a lot of engineers, a lot of people. I dissolved the old company and started a new company and I started an engineering company. So using drones to create solution that protect our planet and mm-hmm. serve our community. So we serve in energy agriculture and infrastructure industry. So mm. that time I wanted to get into energy industry. So I was looking, um, I'm like, okay, how do I connect with these people? So I, I found this energy company that I wanted to work with. So I find who's a CEO and I'm like, okay, the CEO sounds, uh, looks very, humorous and that time I was doing a lot of research on the internet so I found this idea I'm like okay so I bought a box an empty box and I put a brand new shoes just one and uh, I, I put my business card and I write a handwritten note dear mr. CEO I want to have the privilege to an opportunity to work with your great firm uh, the reason I'm sending you one shoe in the box to represent all they got my one foot in the door meet with me so I can have another <laughs> um, and I hope you appreciate my creativity and uh, sense of humor. And I got a call back and I ended up working with that company. It was amazing. Not only that, but um, the reason I did that, because I didn't know how to write a professional email. Because mm. oh. I, I can copy what you say in English, but it mm-hmm. takes me a very long time for me to write something on my own. Um, because I learned English through talking to people, interacting with them, not... L- Learning the grammar, how stuff works. Mm-hmm. I learned that later on, but and I'm still learning. But um, I had to I had to think outside outside the box because it was not like because I didn't have any other option. I didn't know how to write professional email. I didn't know where to put comma or period or question. Like I knew basic, so right. I had to do that.
1: I think this moment's powerful because for everybody that's listening out there, I I feel like that happens all the time with people that are starting businesses. Is I don't know how to write a professional email, so they just get stuck and they don't do anything yeah. else. But you said, okay, that's fine. I've already burned my boats. I'm going to do something different. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something this way, right. and that's huge.
2: Well, I did that because I had no other option because I keep telling myself my older self is counting on me. I don't want, uh, mm. older, um, old, I don't want my old self to look back and say, oh, yeah, you didn't know how to write professional emails, so you didn't intend that. Like I tell that to a lot of people here I meet, like, uh, people who don't have a job and they're like, oh, why don't what's stopping you from getting a job? They're like, oh, yeah, I apply online all the time, but no one's getting back to me. Well, go knock on their doors. Everyone else is applying the job and they're not getting the call back either. So you should go knock on the door or show up or preach preach. Mm. Yeah. Or anything you have to do, send a shoe in a box or whatever, right. showing up to their, I showed up to a lot of construction sites wearing a safety head and safety shoes and safety vest just going up to walking up to the side and like, okay, who's in charge here? Mm-hmm. And they're like, who's this guy randomly walking <laughs> up? And and a lot of time um, they're like, okay, the guy sitting in the mobile uh, office right there. I go walk up, I show up, you know, like it worked for me. I'm not sure if it's going to work for everybody, but you got to do something on your own. Like um, in every one situation is different. So one solution is not for everybody. So you have to first analyze the situation and then attack it. Like, you know, it wasn't in the, the I tried to call that utility company so many times, um, no one was answering me and I couldn't pass the gatekeeper. So I had mm. to send them a shoe, I'll, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love it. I love it so, so
2: much.
0: <laughs> hey, Elevate Polk podcast listeners. Are you ready to level up? If you're interested in starting a podcast or if you need a studio setting to record video to grow your business, our podcast production team is gearing up to serve the community of people with great ideas who want to share their message with the world. If that sounds like you, get started today by visiting maximizedigital.com forward slash studio to learn more about the podcast and video packages available. Just mention you heard about the studio on the Elevate Pult podcast, and you'll unlock exclusive pricing just for our listeners. I can't even just, I love, I love this conversation because there is no, 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 (laughs) there's no, no, there's just, Okay, you said no, but I'm going to find the way to
2: yes. And there's, mm. there's, I'm not stopping until I get there. Because reality is flexible and you can bend it. You oh. can bend it mm. and shape it in the way that you want it. If you argue with it, it will, it turns into a hell. But if you bargain with it, it turns into greatness, the things you want to get. Oh, man. Ruth. That's a gem. You say that again. Yeah, you, say that you, again, you, please. You, you've got your notes. So say it one more time. Argue with reality equals welcome to hell. And Bargain with reality equals greatness. Reality is very flexible, and anyone can bend it.
1: Oh. Wow. Mic wow. drop moment. Wow. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> Ru, you're dropping gems. I mean, I think that's huge because, again, like what Chrisan is saying, it uh, a lot of times, especially when you're starting off, you, you, I I see it all the time. You you put, and I I'm, I've done that too. You put mental blocks in your head, and you say, oh well, I've tried. Reaching out to this person so many different times, so many different ways, and they're just not responding. But we try to tell that to ourselves, but deep
2: inside, we know that's not the case. mm. Everyone knows that's not the case. Like, Mm. even like, even though, like, are you going to do the same thing when you're, like, in a in a desert and there is no water? Are you just going to sit there and, like, wait that, oh, yeah, I'm just going to wait because there is no water on me? No, you're going to look, going to go find it. You're
1: going to do whatever it takes. Yeah,
2: but if you have water in your backpack, then you're not going to do. That's a plan B. But yeah. if you don't have plan B, then you have to go do stuff that makes you very uncomfortable. And, um, yeah, so. So,
0: wait, so so you you say all of this as if it's just common sense, like okay, and yeah. and I get it because for you it is. I mean, you're you're wondering why the heck everybody else doesn't have the same program, right? Um, but we're talking about being uncomfortable, so there is discomfort in these steps. There is an awareness of I don't know how to write a professional email. They're going to reject me. They're going to judge me. They're you know I'm not going to you know whatever. So what is fear in root patel's mind like what is what when something makes you uncomfortable what's the what's the what's the context what do you ta- what what's the conversation in your head
2: the conversation in my head i was i'll tell you i was very afraid of everything before right now i'm afraid of nothing but mm. 2 years ago 3 years ago Five years ago when I came to America, I was so afraid I couldn't even talk to anybody. Mm. Like I was afraid to walking walking up to a person and saying hello because I didn't knew how to say hello in American accent. And I was thinking that they might judge me for my accent that I have. So I was very afraid of everything. I didn't knew how to order food, so I, I wouldn't go to restaurant because I didn't know how to order food so I was very afraid but I had to tell myself put myself in a very uncomfortable situation like quitting those jobs I don't have any other options so when you're in doubt when you're having this do completely something bold like any mistake you make with boldness you can solve that mistake by more boldness Mm -hmm. any you know just be like I try to I show up to your company if you don't, I mean, I'm just trying to give an example. Like, fearing my mind, like, what I'm going to be thinking of myself, that's the fear. Mm. That's the fear for me. Like, you know. Letting yourself down. Letting your future self down. Letting my future self because my future self is counting on me right now. Like, like just like how I'm counting on my past self right now. Like, you know, I'm glad that time I didn't go to college and had 7% attendance. But at the same time, I didn't waste any time I was studying. Technology. I was mm-hmm. understanding how that worked, you know, but that time it didn't make sense. So a lot of time it won't make sense. People call you stupid for doing stuff like that, but your future self is going to appreciate you for that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I already do appreciate my past self because what I have done helped me got here. I'm glad I put myself in a very uncomfortable situation after listening to a podcast and tell my, uh, my uh, boss next day that I'm quitting a job. I put myself in a very uncomfortable situation because you have to. Because look at me now. I mean, I'm I'm glad I did those things. Yeah. So now I know that. So now I'm even taking even more risks.
1: I think that's huge because, I mean, someone can look at you and say, wow, you know, he's 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 so young. He's only been in business for the past, how, how long have you been in business now? Officially? Three years. Three years. I'm 25 when I was,
2: I was 22 when I started my business. And
1: people are like, man, how, like, look how far he's come. But then- if you hear the full story and think about the mental muscle he's been building over time to get over that fear of stepping outside of the comfort zone. Because, I mean, think about the, the, the mental challenge of saying, man, I'm, I'm afraid of being judged because of my um, lack of American accent. People are like, oh, you're a foreigner, whatever, whatever. Can't order food. Can't talk to people. But just consistently putting yourself out there, mm-hmm. consistently putting yourself out there to where you had the mental capacity yeah. when you were saying, oh, I'm, I'm going to burn my, my bridge. If, if you wouldn't have had that experience, I don't think you would have been able to, to, to get to that. And then it yeah. just continued to build and build and build and build and build to the person that's sitting here today having this conversation. And I think that's a lot of times where people miss it is they they see root now. They didn't see Root five years ago, and they're like, I, I want to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But they have to understand that it's a process. Well, and
0: then you also have to put in the work. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, it, it doesn't just happen. So you're, you're hustling, you're busting your butt, you're doing, you're working two jobs, and in the back of your mind, you're like, this isn't all there is. This isn't why I came to the United States. And then you're listening and you're the sponge. You're in that mindset and, mm-hmm. and you're just you're you're picking up things Gary Vaynerchuk is putting out and you're listening to this podcast and that podcast and all of these other people. And you're you're saying, okay, what is there for me? I mean, I'm just seeing this unfold, and you're you're pouring ice cream, and you're going, no, this isn't yeah. it. I'm, what's next? Yeah, and you're ready to move. Like you're not, you're not. Y- you seem like you're in a hurry. You know, like you're not wasting any time. You're just like, as soon as I can get to the next step, I'm going to the next step. Yeah. You're not waiting around, and, and I love that.
1: And he's consistently stepping outside of his comfort zone, even though he's gotten to this point. He's like, nope. Like you said, you 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 readjusted your business, you switched oh, yeah. it up. Took that next place to where you were trying to reach out to the electric company. You did the shoe idea. Of, of course, like you, a person could think, oh, this is corny. Like no one's gonna pay attention to this. This makes absolutely no sense." Right. But you're like, "No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it. And well, what's have, there to lose?" You have yeah. such
0: a good sense of self, like a good sense of humor. Yeah. So I, I would say what I love most about you, other than all of the things that you're, you know, you're these gems and these jewels and these great messages that you're sharing with everyone, but you always have a smile on your face. <laughs> And you always are comfortable telling jokes like you're even if you're the butt of the joke, even if you're you're kind of making fun of yourself along the way. You set everyone else you make everyone else feel comfortable like you might be the most uncomfortable person in the room walking into that LBL event at, um, you know, Allen and Company three years ago. Yes, I and remember you're that. you're you're like, I don't know anybody, but you were so at ease like you did not make it seem to me at all like you were. uncomfortable. Because I cannot
2: show you that I'm uncomfortable. Why? 'cause if i show you i'm uncomfortable you judge me. Oh. You judge me. No one wants to be friends with people who are uncomfortable. No one wants to be friends with people who So even if you are scared of everything in, in inside, don't show it on your face. Don't oh. show it. It's so hard to it's so hard to not show it on the face. So, do you know what i do? I Drive around with open window and listen to music and let the air hit my face. Put the <laughs> smile on my face. Then I walk in. <laughs> That's what I do. I love it. I love and also, I, I I follow this. Being in the arena is greater than outside of the arena. Getting criticized in arena is still greater than criticizing those in arena. Mm. Courage is a lot greater than fear. And history oh, history books history books only favor those in arena. So get in the game. Ooh. The future 75 old version of you is counting on you.
0: Oh, history favors
2: the ones in the arena, y'all. Did you get that? Yeah, get uh, in the game. Yeah, send the shoes and knock on the doors. Show up. Um, while you do it, do it with style. Put a suit on. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's you know, it. it the, I, I want to say this real quick. When I when I first met Rude, I, I asked him. I said, "Dude, man, I said, bro, you're always dressed from head to toe." He Said you got to dress the part, you yeah. have to look the part. So when I walk into these rooms of individuals, so he's, he's saying all these things, but he's so strategic, like you said, Chrisanne self awareness. Mm-hmm. So you're not just showing up in the room looking like anybody else, you're showing up in the room to where it's like, Wait a second, this this guy might not even have an appointment. He's talking to the gatekeeper, but the gatekeeper thinks like he has an appointment because he's showing up he as if he no has an appointment. idea
2: who I am. He has no <laughs> idea who I am, so it's up to my and first impression is the last impression. First impression matters the most. So, if you're gonna walk into the door, you better walk into in a suit. Like, if you don't have a like, you know, a lot starting out, I didn't have a lot of money to spend on a suit. I still did. Mm-hmm. I still did, and it helped me a lot.
1: Mm. Mm. It, talking about investing in yourself.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: It,
0: it's it's an incredible conversation that I. I feel like we've only just touched the tip of the iceberg, yeah. you know, because it's like walk. I would I would love to shadow you, you know, to just <laughs> be in the car with you as you're prepping to walk into a room or, a, a you know, a, a job site or whatever as you're walking on. And w- I, I want to be in your head. I want to know what you're saying because this confidence is self-created, right? Absolutely. You created this. Somebody else didn't come over to you and say, Root, and, and and have this, you know, mantra in your head, Root, you're going to succeed, Root, you're going to be great, Root, oh no, no, this all is internal dialogue. You know, you are bootstraps, and you're going to make it work. And I just love how you've done that in spite of the, and I say air quotes, odds of this brand new person to this country coming in knowing no one, not knowing the language, not having the skills, not having the education, not having all, you know, but just having a, a, a thirst a thirst and a hunger for success. Yes. And that's it. That's all you walked into this country with and look at you. Like mm. you are creating the story of success that you are you're mapping it out and you're you're like I know what I want to tell myself when I'm 75 years old. Yeah. I want to tell myself that I did everything that I could and I left it all on the
2: field. I didn't wait for somebody to give me a hand up, I, I pulled myself up. Yeah. When I was when I was first started a Dairy Queen job, I called my friend back in India, and my first, I, I got paid $8 an hour, and I called my friends, and I'm like, do you know how much I'm getting paid? They're like, no, how much? I'm like, I'm getting, I'm making $8 an hour. You have no idea how rich I am right now. I can, <laughs> I, you, what are you guys doing with your life? I'm making $8 <laughs> an hour. And uh, so, I mean, <laughs> You know, I mean, that time. But I just didn't want it to keep making that. I knew that. I I knew that one thing for sure. I did not want it to do this. And making money in America is very easy. So I, at that time, mm. I was thinking like, okay. Wait, I make, say,
1: wait, say that again.
2: Making money in America is extremely easy. Mm. Mm. Because at that time, I was making ice cream. And I was thinking, I'm like this is crazy i'm just making ice cream and i'm making eight dollars an hour like really that's a lot of money for making a- that time i was thinking different okay i was 19 and now i know it's not a lot of money but um no but from your
1: perspective from oh, where yeah. you came yeah. from yeah. oh yeah. that's huge that was wow.
2: huge and i'm like okay so i'm making a lot of money so i gotta save up money and if i don't save my money and i'm gonna be continuously working in this so i saved money i knew all- always that I wanted to do some kind of business N- did not knew what kind of business, some, some kind of business. So I would just like saving for imaginary business that I'm going to have. Well,
0: now we're now I, I want to let you have a chance to talk people through what business is for you today. So what is the business? Who is your audience? What are you creating? What's, what
2: so- solutions are you, do you have, what problems are you solving in your business? Sure. So, um, I started this Voyager, Voyager industry in 2019. I formed that company in 2019, and before that I had a different company, but doing similar kind of work. So Voyager provides engineering solutions to energy, agriculture, and infrastructure industry companies. Uh, we use drones and artificial intelligence to um, collect the data, analyze the data, And after analyzing the data, we tell our customer what's wrong with their assets and how they can fix it. And if they fix it, how much more money they can save or the time. So, uh, in energy companies, we inspect all their assets, look at, um, create, collect all the data, uh, check every nut and bolt using drones, and we process the data with artificial intelligence. We have engineered engineer that signs on the report and then goes to the client so they don't have to send out a man uh, uh, on a bucket truck to see what's wrong with their tower. And um, while it usually takes hour and a half to do one inspection, we do it in 20 minutes. So we save. Wow. We save one hundred and ten minutes per asset, mm-hmm. and that's a huge thing because usually big companies have like ninety thousand assets one hundred thousand assets, fifty thousand assets you know all all very different, depending on the company. Do similar work using the same technology in um, agriculture, so telling farmers exactly where they need to spray the fertilizer instead of spraying the fertilizer all over the farm. Imagine if you have thousand acres and you're spraying fertilizer all over 1,000 acres. But if you knew exactly where and how much and why you need to spray fertilizer in that particular area, we can help you with that data. So it saves you thousands of dollars each year uh, doing similar work in uh, infrastructure, helping uh, Department of Transportation, uh, helping roofing company, construction company to do the inspection of their asset. Uh, We do a lot of roof inspection. Recently, I had a Very interesting work that I got to do and be part of it, which was analyzing traffic near the school to reduce pedestrian related accidents. Mm -hmm. So each year, 6,700 pedestrians die in America, and um, it's a big thing and it's a big problem and it needs to be solved. So I use drones and AI to kind of fly over the intersection, around the outside the intersection, go way far and trying to see all the roads leading up to the intersection and trying to understand how people drive there, how was their average speed, how often they brake, how often they use their turn signal, um, how often they accelerate, uh, like how do they accelerate? Using all that kind of data to understand how traffic moves. And if we know how traffic moves, we can make a into our infrastructure or uh, timing of a light. and all, You can make all sort of different uh, changes to eventually save lives, pedestrian lives. So <clears throat> walk me through cuz I'm not very
0: I'm I'm not artificially intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> so you send the drone up, you capture the images, the video of that particular moment in time that you're capturing. Yes. You take that footage and you plug it into some artificial
2: intelligence software or No, so that's what it used to be done, but now it's all happening at the same time. It's happening in the real time. So uh, with the help of an engineer, I created this computer that goes on the drone. We fly big drones. So this, this little computer goes on the drone, and it connects to the drone camera. So while the drone camera is capturing all data, it, the, the computer is processing the data in real time. So my, oh, wow. my engineer in Texas is getting that data. So the when the drone lands, uh, we have the report ready. The engineer verified, signed it, and then goes to the client. Oh wow. Real time. Super fast. It's like you're you're live streaming in a whole new way. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Well. Intelligently. Because yeah. it's analyzing data in real time. And saving lives along the yeah, way. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So That's I I've awesome. I have one quick question before we wrap up here. I wanted to ask you, what would the route of today tell a sixteen or seventeen-year-old root that was back in India? What would you say to say that say to that route?
2: What I would tell myself, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Because that time I was very afraid of everything. And uh, so I would tell myself, just keep doing what you're doing. I wouldn't change anything because I'm glad whatever I did, I'm glad. I wouldn't tell myself to not to make those mistakes because I'm glad I made those mistakes because now I realize that how much that mis- those mistakes cost me. So mm. I wouldn't tell anything to my 16-year-old, just keep doing what you're doing. Mm. Yeah. So
0: I have one last question. You know, it, it it's funny because you w- were supposed to be an engineer. Your parents wanted you yes. to be an engineer, and then now you're all into this. So it's like full circle, right? The thing you weren't. I own an do... engineering
2: company, <laughs> but I'm not an engineer. I employ engineers. <laughs> Even better.
0: And and what a great way to wrap this story up. It's because you know you, that wasn't your calling, right? You, and and you weren't being led to go become and study to be an engineer. But your passion to help others and your passion to overcome being uncomfortable allows so much more opportunity to happen. So for those who are kind of bucking the system, if you will, and saying, you know, well, this isn't what I want to do. This isn't what I want to be. Follow the path that Root has taken and learn how to become, you know, immersed in the technology, immersed in the, the other part of it and and start a business. And then hire the people that you you would be if you studied all those years. exactly. Instead of that, now you're the guy that's hiring them. What a cool, cool way to wrap the story up. I want you to say anything to the audience. How do you want people to remember you? What is one key little, I mean, you've dropped so many, gems and so many nuggets already but you've got your notebook and if there's something on your heart that you want to wrap us up with and
2: take us home land our land our drone (laughs) (laughs) absolutely so i just want to tell our audience and tell everybody that remember the reality is flexible and you every one of you has a power to bend it and not only that don't be afraid of breaking rules because if you don't if you're not going to break rules no one's going to remember you no one's is remembered by following all the rules. Even the rules, like, I'm not talking about the rules that uh, driving s- double the speed limit on purpose. <laughs> not that kind of rules. A lot of time we set rules that four for ourselves that we think we're not, we not supposed to break it break those rules right now you know that's what I would tell our audience
0: and if somebody wants to get in touch with you because I have a feeling there's going to be people calling you and saying I need you to come speak at my school I need you to come talk to our you need to could you be a mentor
2: so how can our audience get in touch with you Uh, audience can get in touch with me with email it's root patel a yahoo.com r-u-t-p-a-t-e-l a yahoo.com or give me a call anytime 863-409-1837 or follow me on social media. It's uh, Root Ru Patel, R-U-T Patel.
0: And, you, and you're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere.
2: Clubhouse, <laughs> Clubhouse, all everywhere. of the places. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you, Root, so much. And Nate, thanks for hooking this up and getting him in today. I know that um, this was just a great conversation that needed to happen. Absolutely. And you're going to come back. I know we're going to have you coming back at, at some point in
2: time to talk about something else, but thanks for coming, Root. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chrisanne. Thank you, Nate.
0: Thanks for listening. And remember, we have a new episode each week. So be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And remember to leave us a review. We promise to read every one. And you can always find all of our episodes at elevatepolk.com. If there's something you want to hear about on an upcoming episode or someone you'd like us to feature, please reach out to us on Facebook at Elevate Polk. Boom!